You're listening to The Griffin's Nest, a podcast on all things futsal. Welcome to The Griffin's Nest, episode three. Last week, we spoke to Sam Page talking about online content. And this week, we've got the pleasure of having our captain of the club, Jack Stammers, with us. Today, we're going to be sort of talking about how we all got into futsal and what we would like to see more clubs doing um, to sort of promote the game and get more people into futsal. But before we, we begin, obviously James and Liam are here as well, but Stammers, would you like to introduce yourselves to our listeners and sort of explain who you are and how you got into futsal? Yeah, I'm, uh, hi, I'm Jack Stammers. I'm the, the captain of Bedford Futsal Club. Uh, I've been playing for around five, six years now, probably. Uh, so Second year of uni, got involved with um, UOB, um, played Bucks uh, with them, went up through the leagues with with that team. Then obviously we started the process with you, getting Bedford Futsal Club sort of up and running, um, and then sort of been playing in those those leagues since. So yeah, that, that's me. Was it true that um, in the first year of university you got into the team but decided not to play? Is that I don't know if that story is right if I'm making that up. Not not hundred percent true. Um, I looked at futsal, but didn't really have any idea what it was at the time. Um, then obviously play a football team um, around the same year, um, just an intramural league, and got involved with that. And I sort of played that for that year. But yeah, not not entirely true. I I think it's probably a a little bit of a regret not getting involved in that from. I'm, I'm interested in knowing Jack and also Carl and Liam. Uh, before playing futsal, uh, it's probably different uh, between all of you, but before playing futsal, what was your perception of futsal? What did you see futsal as? You know, in my eyes, and when I talk to people um, before I was playing and also when I'm playing now, when people think of futsal, it's uh, kind of a combination of two things. It's either this just indoor five-a-side kick around, bit of a mess around, not nothing too serious, or it's this game that's just based purely on skill, technical ability, tricks and flicks all over the place because they've seen, uh, you know, Falcao or Ricardino on YouTube or Instagram. So I was just wondering, why, what's, what was your perception of, of futsal before you came into the sport with Jack? Uh, well, to be, to be honest, when I first started uni 2014, I'd, I'd never heard of it before. I, I didn't even know what it was. If someone had said to me, do you want to play futsal? I, I wouldn't have known what they were talking about. But from obviously them being, being mates with Carl uh, during the first year and that's the sport he was playing, I think my perception was quite frankly, oh, indoor football. We're, we're just coming along. We're having a kick about a little bit of five-a-side inside um, and then starting off then Friday leagues and, and doing it that way. Uh, I, it was literally, I think it was a skill-based game of, of football. Um, obviously, once I then got involved with it, learned all the rules and the aspects of it, that's when I sort of began to realise it was a sport within its own right. Um, and yeah, I think going from 2014, not having any idea what it was to 2021 and captain in a side in, in the NFS, I think it's uh, it, it shows that you can actually get involved with it and get to those sort of levels quite, quite quickly in that sport. It's a good sport to grow in. Oh, no, I hope you won't mind me saying, Jack, uh, when we when you first started playing for the futsal team, I know you had a few sort of worries or concerns sort of saying, oh, you didn't think you were technically technically good enough or technically able enough to play the game. Because if if we describe Jack to the typical football fan out there, Jack's a very quick player with an unbelievable finish. So he sort of thought, well, that's only useful in certain parts of the game. Have you? How did you find 
you actually were more suited to Thoughts than you thought, Jack. Sort of talk to me about how different you found it when you first started playing. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. Like for me, when when they said our oh, futsal is a sort of skill based game and you're going to be sort of using your your quick feet and whatnot, I thought probably not for me. Um, if you go right back to when I used to play football at the youth level, I think back back in Norwich, the people that used to coach me would would probably agree. I was there uh, out on the wing, kick the ball over the top, run onto it, and and it was sort of looking at what you did when you were playing first year of uni and how how good those lads were. With their feet, I was like, probably not, probably not my sort of sport. But actually, when I sort of got into it, I realised actually having that sort of turn of pace on a small court can be very, very useful. Um, and and even if it's mainly for recovery and, and recovering back from losing possession, it, it's always good to have that sort of turn of pace in there and use it that way. And and obviously, kicking a ball really hard comes comes quite quite easily to me. So <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's something I think on a small court as well. I mean, I mean, Liam, you could probably speak on behalf of a goalkeeper here. I can't imagine it's that nice. Well, I mean, yeah, having trained with you and played with you, I can definitely vouch for the hard shot thing. If um, <laughs> I had to retape my wrist and fingers several times in training sessions, courtesy of your left foot. Um, and there was that one, well, kind of sequence of training sessions, wasn't there, where I was pretty sure you fractured my toe and then constantly <laughs> managed to shoot across goal and I've made the same save, luckily. Um, but yeah, I mean, my kind of perception, go back to kind of James's question, was I was quite lucky in the sense that um, growing up in Tenerife, it was one of the four sports that we actually played in school due to the facilities we had. So we obviously being part of Spain, it was basketball, handball, uh, futsal and volleyball. That were the main sports that were played. And so I was obviously familiar with the game, familiar with the rules, the court dimensions and things like that. Um, obviously, I, I fancied myself as a bit of a player um, when I was playing football at youth level, whenever I used to play in goal. Um, I only started playing in goal probably when I was 16, 17 at school level, just so I could actually get in the team, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I had quite a bit of a variety of that. And then it was just so happened that I did my uni trials in Nottingham. Um, and I booked myself onto the last trial on the last day, just thinking I'd give myself the entire freshest week to do whatever it is students in first year do in their first week, let's say, just to not go into too much detail on that. And um, we were asked if there are any goalkeepers there and no one put their hand up. So I thought, yeah, go on, I'll go and go. And I started in the twos the next week. So I must have done something right. That's, I, and again, yeah, it's interesting to hear in school, in school side of things, you had futsal as part of your curriculum um, at school. And obviously that's where you'd have learned from it. In England, I, the first time I'd heard of futsal or experienced futsal was at, at college or sixth form, if you like, with Malk, who's obviously our our manager at the moment but before that I had a similar perception to what James was sort of saying about that futsal is all rainbow flicks tricks flicks all kinds of pretty things and all the sort of stuff about possession and blocks and stuff was completely irrelevant so I think you're right James and sort of I think what you're trying to sort of allude to is that the game of futsal wasn't particularly sort of well publicized or it wasn't very common in in youth level sport at all in, in this country but I think as time goes on it definitely seems to have grown um, although I think it's fair to say that we would say that being in futsal, we know everything that goes on. Um, James, in terms of sort of getting into the game, what is one thing you'd like to see more of in regards to uh, the advertisement or getting young players to play futsal? What would you like to see more of in this country, sort of clubs or county FAs or anything like that doing to get young players into the game? Um, it's interesting, really, because I think, um, obviously talking about kind of clubs around the country, uh, wise 
I understand it is very, very difficult for clubs to find the facilities to run futsal sessions. I think it would be great. And I know, I know a lot of clubs do buy into it at a youth level. I'm talking futsal, uh, football clubs here. Uh, so I know a lot of football clubs at a young level because majority of young children will be playing football, like we all did at a young age, are playing football. There is only a small amount. We're talking very, very small amount of children. And there's only a small amount of futsal clubs in the country and children who play futsal exclusively. So I think it would be good for football clubs to buy into uh to kind of futsal i think the problem there with it is as i as i said is one is the facilities finding the facilities and also that coach education i think a lot of coaches are unsure about delivering futsal purely because of the knowledge they may not have and it's potentially just uh, a confidence thing so it would be great to see potentially a connection between clubs like Bedford Futsal Club and then external futsal uh, youth football clubs in kind of say Bedfordshire County to offer that kind of potential CPD uh, that kind of continue uh, continue professional development for coaches in football who might want to know more about futsal and also having you know people like ourselves going into those uh, football environments and delivering some sorts of uh, futsal coaching session for those young players as an introduction because that's what it's all about is trying to introduce this sport to younger players and you know hopefully we can build on that for those who are interested and wanting to take it up more you know more regularly. I think that's a great point James to be honest and uh, it's, it's quite taboo usually the discussion surrounding futsal to um talk about the importance of trying to engage football clubs and um, yeah, any kind of associations of that nature into the game, because ultimately, as you say, the majority of people do play football in this country. It's a national sport. Um, so why not try and tap into football clubs and get them involved in playing futsal? Because you've got to be thinking about youth numbers there, the, the high number of players that are going to be playing football and could turn up to uh, school events, for example, or locally organised futsal tournaments, is something different to do. Um, it's it's only going to benefit the game by getting the getting the name out, getting attention to it. And if NFS players, so for example, I did it with an FA schools event. I think the um, FA Youth Cup actually as an NFS representative when I was in Tier Two North. Um, if we could get NFS players or, or anybody that is related to the sport in England down to those events and spreading the spreading the name and spreading the information that's required for parents, for example, to get their kids involved, then I'm all for it, to be honest. I think it's quite um, intriguing that you've touched upon the, the school side of things, because I think in this group now, obviously, Liam, you're training to be a teacher of languages. Um, James, you sort of do lots of coaching and sort of facilitating of sports around schools. And myself and Stammers are our PE teachers. Jack, I just wanted to speak to you, because obviously I've seen you at um, futsal tournaments that our schools have competed in and stuff. Um, yeah. And we've sort of been talking about the things we're looking to do in terms of tournaments and stuff. I just wanted you to sort of share the ideas we've had um, and how feasible those sort of ideas are in regards to the tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think just going on the back of what James and Leah have been speaking about, I think um, it's like great getting it involved in football clubs and stuff like that around around the country. But schools is a really easy place to tap into. And, and all that requires is one member of a, a PE team or one member of a school staff set up to understand the rules and have confidence to deliver it to, to a group of people. So, I mean, from my point of view in, in school at the moment, myself and, and Albert uh, are looking to 
get futsal sort of clubs running after school under the best sort of Bedfordshire futsal club umbrella, um, or futsal club, sorry. <laughs> and then from from that as well, we're sort of going along the, the routes of obviously then then tournaments and, and sort of get setting up some school games where it can start off as try fixtures, but but sort of getting that umbrella of the of the futsal club out there and and sort of promoting it through. And if you get three kids turn up and and, and like, oh, I like the sound of this sport, and you get them into a futsal club, then you're growing the game. And I think it, it doesn't matter how many people you get involved to them. I think it's just when a, when you say to a, a student at a school, do you want to take up futsal? And they have no idea what the sport is. As soon as you put a ball on the floor and at their feet and you show them a foot, futsal goal, they're like, oh, it's like football. And if you can draw that link between football and futsal and say very similar sports, this is a more tactical game. You need to do this. You need to do that. All of a sudden, they've bought into a sport that's very similar to something that they've grown up loving. Um, and I think that's a, a very easy way for us to sort of tap into and, and get that out there. But sort of answering your question, Carl, in terms of what we're trying to do in terms of the the tournament side of things, I think from a school point of view where you've got all of those contacts and and you know that staff members out there are going to get 10 players turning up to these tournaments per team, if you spread that across, like yourself at Lut in Luton, myself in Bedfordshire, you could even branch out to Milton Keynes and you start bringing in schools from all over those areas, you've sort of spread the name of a of one futsal club to all of those areas and you get first team players going down and helping out with them and all of a sudden you, you've sort of made it a, a big sort of of event so I think it's uh it's definitely something that's quite easy to set up do you think uh, this is for both Carl and Jack do you think uh futsal clubs should be doing more to create that link between club and schools to kind of enable more engagement within kind of futsal as a sport so bringing children so as it senses the futsal clubs are giving to the schools to deliver that cpd and allow the schools to understand more about uh futsal and then the futsal club gains from that potential players to come and play for them in their youth team do you think futsal clubs should be doing more to create a link between you know club and schools Absolutely. I think one of the things, so I've been sort of communicating quite a lot in this lockdown with um, sort of the school games organisers. Um, and one of the ladies sort of does it for the sort of Luton area that I will sort of work in around Luton and Dunstable. Um, and she sort of spoke to you about delivering potentially different CPDs to teachers because coaching futsal and teaching futsal are different things. Jack, you'll be able to sort of back this up for sort of teaching football and coaching football and teaching basketball, coaching basketball, massively different. Um, so when sort of I've been asked to deliver a CPD, the thing I've got to think about is not coaching futsal and not just telling them how to coach, because if they want to learn that, they can go and do a level one or a level two. Um, but sort of thinking about the things that we need to teach them to be able to, to teach futsal. Um, and it's not necessarily about loads of skills and techniques, but sort of give them a way to introduce the game, promote the game. But we've got to remember teachers are, are there to teach. They're not there to, to sort of work for our club or work to, to help Bedford, they've got to teach those kids the sport. So one of the things I've sort of looked at in, in delivering in the CPD is looking at sort of a performance side of things um, in regards to obviously when we teach PE, Jack, we sort of look at performing skills. Um, and in my school, we sort of look at leadership style of things. How can you incorporate leadership into futsal? Um, and then also other bits and bobs. So it's quite, it's quite tricky, um, but I definitely agree we should be doing more. I think the difficulty we've got is finding out what content or what, sort of things we should be delivering to schools to help them teach futsal. Jack, I don't know if you have any ideas in regards to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like I mentioned 
a little bit earlier on. I think it's if you've got one person like like ourselves in this chat right now who who knows the game and knows what they they're doing with it. And I mean, we've turned up to events before at schools where the rules have been wrong. You've been playing futsal off the walls and you've been doing. And I mean, it's stuff like that when you turn up to as someone who plays a sport and you think, how is a sport in this country going to grow if you can't get the basic rules of the game right? Um, so it's just little things like knowing that and, and stepping in at those times. Like I've stepped into tournaments where we've just taken a, a group of kids along and and we've ended up refereeing it as, as staff members because we sort of know the under, understanding of, of what we're expecting there. And I think I think the focus what we need to put on for to try and grow a sport like futsal is you need kids to come along, play it and enjoy it. You can't put that focus on um, the, the competitive side straight away. I think you have to get the kids enjoying the sport because if they come along and they they're losing games and it's all competitive and it's I think I think you're just going to sort of run out of ideas with them pretty quickly and, and they'll just go back to football because that's the easy option there's so many clubs there's so many options and on all of that I think you have to make it different and you have to show them why futsal in its own right is a really good sport to be involved in. I think you're spot on, hit the nail on the head there and sort of the enjoyment factor. And I think actually I was sort of thinking about what we should deliver, but you've just sort of mentioned actually simplicity is is key and much, much, yeah. much easier to deliver. Sort of not worry about the, the complicated bits of what things should we be getting them to deliver, but just sort of getting the game to be enjoyable. And teachers, we're all qualified in in what we do. They can sort of adapt it in their own way. So I think that's quite an interesting sort of uh, notion. In regards to other things we could do, I've seen sort of in the Derby area, They've got uh, a lot of leagues going on, and I've seen they've won a grassroots league of the year sort of award recently. Um, they've got sort of 72 different teams from all sorts of age groups playing. I've seen up north, Bolton have just started a league with eight other teams in the north. Um, Liam, maybe in regards to leagues and how they run, what was it like in in Nottingham? Do you know in sort of the youth aspect of things? What was the league scene like up in the Midlands? So actually talking about the Derbyshire Futsal Leagues uh, with the Derbyshire FA, we, um, myself and, and Tom Arnold, another goalkeeper within uh, University of Nottingham Futsal, we used to coach the under-15s and under-16s academy uh, team up in up in Chesterfield, actually, uh, on a Friday evening. They'd play two fixtures, um, sometimes be, be it cup or, or league fixtures. Um, and, and the setup was unbelievable. I mean, there was a viewing gallery. The courts were, of course, small, but the... the um, the requirements are obviously lower when it comes to a youth youth level, um, but in terms of everything else, the officiating, everything, it, it was yeah, it was all very well laid out, very well organised, and um, Derbyshire FA put an incredible amount of work into um, making sure everything runs smoothly. And of course, we know obviously Mark Burkett uh, has done an incredible job for the sport in the UK as well, representing England at uh, multiple levels, being an, um, a, an official. Um, which is not something they usually see. Uh, with Nottingham, we did it a lot as well. There were um, more often than not, we had tournaments, uh, schools competitions. Uh, we played host to the FA Youth Cup as well in January 2020, um, and there was always plenty going on. I mean, there were loads of opportunities for clubs, and and what was great as well that a lot of football clubs got involved too. And um, then as a, as an academy ourselves, uh, we'd we'd recruit players through that. So we had a lot of um, a lot of involvement from the Nottingham Forest uh, youth teams and a few other local teams in the Nottingham area and schools as well and it, re it really did take off and um, I think it, it's massive credit to to those FAs in, in the Midlands in particular because I know obviously Leicestershire um, do youth futsal leagues as well that are, are really taking off well 
And yeah, I think it's a credit to them. And, and these are systems that are quite easy to put in place because they don't have to play weekly games. This could be fortnightly or even once a month, just do like a round robin. Um, it, it just in, increases involvement and enjoyment in the game as kind of Stammers was touching upon. Um, it is all about enjoying the game and getting involved in it. So the more opportunities young players have to do that, the better. I think you just said tournaments as well there. And I think that's massive and sort of what young people really enjoy. I know when I was younger, um, you'd enjoy the league games, of course, when you're playing football. But the thing I used to really look forward to was in the summer playing on smaller pitches with smaller goals, um, with less people on the pitch, almost like we're describing futsal here, um, playing those tournaments. So I think one of the tricks we sort of miss is actually delivering tournaments because young kids absolutely love it. And it's a great way to get people involved. Obviously, when I've gone to these tournaments, me being the little piggy that I am, used to love sort of the burger vans and stuff there and all the different treats that go on. You've got your activities that are going on as well. So I think the sort of festival kind of idea around tournaments is massive. I know, Jack, obviously you're from... Uh, Norwich Way might not be Norwich exactly maybe it is I can't remember Norwich Way what was the the tournament football sort of stuff down in Norwich like and did you particularly enjoy that sort of thing yeah massive um, so we had loads of different things like obviously ranging from the from sort of end of the football season through till sort of September time and obviously being as close to close to the beach Great Yarmouth if you had soccer in the sands down there which again you're looking at that sort of skillful aspect of, of the game and, and like you were saying then smaller pitches less numbers it was like you're describing futsal but but in a different setting with different um obviously not in a sports hall so yeah I mean loads of clubs down there and I think that was the thing because everyone was in the same boat and you all wanted to play futsal or football all the time each team would take it upon themselves to set up their own tournament and because and everyone had access to their sports fields and whatnot and where we were doing them it, it would be sort of you travel 20, 30 miles on a weekend and set up there for a day with your gazebo out and your team would all huddle under it and you'd sort of make your way around to your games as you would. So, yeah, I think it's it's something that, that down that way as well, it was was massive um, in terms of that, that sort of tournament aspect. You sort of touched there on about being outside and I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball in here. Obviously, before coronavirus, we would never have dreamed of playing futsal outdoors because we love playing it indoors in the sports hall, um, in sort of the, the, the environment we're used to. Um, any of you really, I don't mind who sort of answers this one, but would you be open to, particularly in the short term, obviously with the, the implications, playing futsal uh, outdoors? I know we played a friendly down in uh, Reading on like a sand-based AstroTurf against Reading Royals, um, and where one of our good friends, Jack, Phil Lant, played against us and sort of helped us set it up. Um, I don't know what you guys think about sort of in terms of youth futsal, particularly using outdoor facilities like football clubs would use grass, sort of using hard courts or whatever to to try and do tournaments. Do you think that's a feasible way to, to grow the game or do you think we're doing a disservice to futsal by doing it outside? I think there needs to be a balance because obviously we're talking about engaging young players and it's, it's something that notoriously we have kind of struggled with throughout the country. I know a lot of clubs um, have sizable academies and have done a great job and I'm not, not slating any work that has been done. But I think in terms of if we're thinking in the off season during the summer when they're not playing football, um, and if we're trying to get players into into the sport, I don't see why not. Regarding the surface is safe, obviously that's the kind of primary concern if you're playing as, as an indoor sport outdoors. But obviously there are facilities for that. Obviously we've got Westway, which has been amazing in the in the um, kind of interim while we've been able to play futsal. We had the Save Futsal event and um, all things like that are absolutely brilliant. But kind of adding to the the um, 
the sort of environment that you were talking about creating with the football tournaments, having food, uh, food vendors there, um, some form of entertainment perhaps, um, just an easy setup for families to come down and spend the entire day regarding the weather's nice, which is obviously not always a guarantee in this country. Um, I, don't, I don't really see why not. Regarding the rules are stuck to, there are officials there and uh, the right ball is used, for example, the right goals. Um, in terms of maximising enjoyment, I don't see why not, personally. Yeah, I completely agree with Liam. I think it's all about engagement, getting people involved. As Liam said, as long as we are, you know, the right rules are being used in terms of um, goals, size of pitch, etc. As long as we're engaging children into the sport, I think that's the most enjoy uh, the, the most important important part, and so they're getting that enjoyment as well. It's the start of that pathway. It's the very start. Even if that's just in schools, you know, I said I said earlier on about facilities. In terms of kind of football clubs and schools trying to gain facilities to play futsal, it's probably a little different for schools because some of them will have halls, but especially for football clubs, they probably won't have access to kind of a big hall to play futsal in. So as, as Liam said, as long as we're, uh, or as long as people are implying the right rules, uh, we're having, you know, the same, uh, uh, similar size goals, uh, pitches, etc., size of the ball. You know, I think I don't see it as a problem at all. I see it as a positive, as it's that introduction stage and the start of a pathway for futsal. You've used the word sort of pathway there to sort of describe um, getting people into the game, and obviously you start your journey on the start of a pathway. Um, obviously, we've all started at, at university, and I think what we've all we can all recognise is that football clubs have masses and masses of young people playing. I mean, I think sometimes we sort of get divided on, oh, we need to try and attract football players away from football into, into, futs into futsal. But um, Jack, as a young player, um, back, take yourself back. You're, you're a little bit older than us. Take yourself back 20 years, for example, because you're a little bit more aged. <laughs> um, what would you have enjoyed playing futsal alongside football as part of sort of just being a young child? 100%. 100%. If that was something that I was aware of back in back in those prehistoric times I think uh, <laughs> yeah I definitely would, would have been getting involved in something like that I think I, and it, we've got coaches Sean Malk um, even Jackie for the women's who who focus on this all the time and the one thing they say about football is just getting your foot on the ball and getting used to it and I think if you can develop your confidence through more touches on the ball um, and because we've all been there as footballers and we've played on a played in the game especially as a winger I could go 20 minutes without touching the ball. Like if, if I'm playing as, as that person coming back, trying to help out, defend and whatnot, I'm not being used in the way I want. Whereas in futsal, someone could have a shot, you get the ball rolled out to you straight away, you're back on in possession of the ball again. I think it's that that sort of element of, of being involved uh, in a game for, even if it's for a four minute period, you know in that period of time, you're going to be touching the ball an awful lot. And I think that's, that's the side of it for me that, I think as a young person, you want to be involved. You want to feel like you're making an impact on a game. And I think you can do that in, in a sport like futsal. Just building on what, what Jack's, Jack was saying in terms of kind of touches on the ball in futsal, etc. Uh, I find it quite interesting. There's something I've, I've always talked about. You see at kind of youth level of football, uh, no matter kind of what level you play, it's all about kind of building on that technical ability, as many touches as possible. As possible. That's what coaches are constantly encouraging. And then as soon as you move into that kind of adult stage, it's almost that gets flipped on its head and it's almost least amount of touches possible you know playing that ball direct playing that ball long and that's where I think 
players, uh, youth players struggle with that transition from youth football to adult fo uh, football. So I feel like if there was a pathway in this country uh, for futsal, I think it would suit a lot of players. Because I know in, in countries like Spain and Brazil, they have, uh, Lee, and I'm sure you can uh, talk about this a little bit. I know they have, uh, there's certain age groups where they can choose between football and futsal, depending on what suits them. I don't know if you can say anything on that, Liam, in terms of how that works, if you know much on about it. Yeah, so from what I've kind of gathered, um, it's, it's usually kind of 13, 14, you usually pick one or the other. Um, it's, it's particularly if you're going to be pursuing it as a as an elite player, for example. And I mean, <clears throat> uh, what's, what's really good is that um, they have the opportunity to play both from such a young age and have such access to high-level coaching, high-level facilities. And obviously that stems from a kind of more committed action to the sport, which perhaps obviously happened significantly earlier than it's happened in England and a lot of countries in Europe, you can see are catching up as well. So France and Germany, for example, um, have really started putting some funding in and really starting to grow the sport. And I mean, all that is going to do is it, it can only be beneficial. All it will do is, is give players two different pathways where if they want to go football way and perhaps it, some don't necessarily make it to the elite level and play non-league or semi-professional and get paid still, um, there's no reason why futsal can't catch up and be a similar pathway in terms of giving players opportunities to to develop one their skills and two just their general enjoyment of a different sport. So you've you've sort of spoken about 13, 14, they go one way or the other, I mean, in regards to different things. And I know sort of in our futsal club. Um, we've got players that sort of play just futsal um, and there's not many players that play football and futsal together. And James sort of talked about it earlier. When you play football at an adult level, and I've played at not an amazing level, but a decent level, you sort of talk about the idea that it is a bit more direct um, and a little bit more sort of long ball, if you like, and less touches on the ball. And I think what would be really good and like sort of backing up what James has said is if we could in this country encourage the players who are perhaps a little bit smaller, um, aren't as suited to the physical football game, if you like. Because I know sort of playing for... Buckingham Athletic that I play for now, a lot of our style of play is sort of playing the ball into what we call the magic squares, which is the, the channels and getting our quick wingers to run on. But if you're not a midfielder who can play that pass, or if you're not a fast winger who can run onto it, then where does your role sit within the team? Um, and I think one of the things we can massively do to sort of not necessarily take players from football, but to attract more players is sort of building the fact that you get loads of touches on the ball and it sort of does suit the more the more technical player, but on the spin side of that, like Stan was sort of spoke about earlier, he wasn't the most technical when he first started playing, but he had attributes that suited the game. And then as he's come into the game now, his technical side has developed. So I think we've sort of touched upon quite a few interesting points regarding futsal and football together. Um, Jack, in terms of the demands when you were at university, you played football on a Wednesday um, and futsal on a Sunday. Was that physically demanding along the training you had on a Friday, obviously, with the futsal team, Monday football team? Did you find that a struggle? Did you find it was easy to cope with? Sort of talk to me about your experience with that. I found it fine. I think in terms of like a physical point of view, it was it was manageable. I think the the biggest thing, and I think you've, we've all touched upon it at some point, is the sort of the transition between the two. Um, so you've got trying to get the touches on the ball and moving it around a futsal court, sort of one, two touches. And then you get to football and it's, you've got people saying, get the ball and I run at someone and, and, and take on your man. And it's like, 
there's sort of a conflict of sort of interest between the two and, and it's specifically like we say about those roles that you maybe have on a court like your role on a futsal court will differ from your role on a football pitch so it's it's trying to sort of become one of those players that that's sort of aware of what you need to do at what times because right decisions on a football pitch might be wrong decisions on a futsal court and and vice versa so I think that once you sort of I think that was the thing for me like transition period when I was trying to sort of learn the new sport of futsal it was forgetting about the things that I'd done in football that were seen as right so sort of the way you receive a ball the way you sort of take your first touch and, and deal with it that way I think they're the sort of things that I had to sort of learn quite quickly about how to sort of change uh, and, and know when the right time was so but just sort of fast forwarding on like now I, I sort of only play futsal I very rarely sort of get the call up for a football match these days but uh um, when I do eventually sort of get back onto that football pitch, I, I, I play as a futsal player now and, and I sort of don't adapt back to it. I think it's one of those things that I, I see myself as a futsal player and not a footballer anymore. It's interesting you say that just before James sort of jumps in. When you played Sunday League, Jack, the other week, I saw you jump in and play Sunday League for the, the Mighty Bedford Bulls. And a lot of the time you're, you're doing, like you say, you do the things you do in futsal when you're playing. So initially when we used to play Sunday league, famously for the balls, yeah. I used to pretty much get the ball and just smash it as far as I could for you to run after. Um, not very attractive, not very skillful. Um, but when we sort of play in Sunday league now, you're, you're trying to take more players on and stuff. And I think it's quite interesting to see. Sorry, James, to, to jump in there, but I thought I'd add that in. It's all right. It's not a problem. I was just going to, uh, just a bit on the topic of kind of, um, now, kind of the adults game in, in terms of football and futsal. Obviously, we were talking uh, earlier a little bit about that kind of youth pathway, that player pathway. Now, interest, I'll direct this to you, Jack. Kind of now interested in that kind of adult player pathway, and in particular for those who are potentially listening who are playing at that Bucks level, so at university level in futsal, and are interested in making that transition into kind of then we'll, we'll say the national futsal series for this one. Uh, so what are the kind of key key components for those players who are looking to make that transition? Because there are some very, very good uh, futsal teams, uh, universities out there. So what are the key components and what should players be thinking about when making that transition from the Bucks level to the NFS level? I think the main thing for me was uh, going from sort of playing teams like Loughborough and, and Nottingham Trent and, and Uni of Nottingham at, at um, Bucks level, I think when we got to the, the NFS, um, everything became a lot more demanding um, in terms of sort of what was um, being asked of us as players in terms of while you're on a court. Um, it, the sort of knowledge of the game seemed to have developed like massively and, and you were coming up against coaches that, were, that would set out different styles and they'd know the way that we were going to turn up and play. And at Uni, I think it was a bit of, you turn up and, and if you've got a result on the day, fantastic. And, and, and that's not no disservice to the people that were coaching at, at university and, and and along those lines. But I think now it's sort of because of the, and, and you listening to you boys speak about the NFS in, on the first podcast, it is so true that people that will stay and watch and, and, you'll, and you'll sit there and you can play the first game and then watch three more matches afterwards. And I think that's sort of like that sort of scouting process of, of making sure you can see what, what other teams are doing and then you turn up the next week and you're playing against the team who have set up to play against your style of play um whereas in bucks you, you didn't get that it was your home and away fixtures and, and you'd get your home fans turning up and, and all of that side of it and i think that's the biggest thing you were sort of playing against more sort of tactical minded people and and 
yeah, I just think the demands of it became a lot sort of more physical. You talk you about the... That... Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go on, Carl. Go on, crack on, mate. Yeah, right. So just thinking, yeah, just because you touched on, we were talking about Buxton University and stuff, it's just really interesting in terms of, I know we were talking about engaging young players. Um, how important do you think boxes and the university structure is to um, getting people involved in futsal as well? Because a lot of us, I mean, I think all of us actually, other than probably than me, um, started our futsal journeys because of university, at least competitively, it's when I started. Um, how, how important do you think it is for people to get involved in the sport? Massive. I mean, just saying, going back to the first point I think I made to, to James earlier on, I, I had no idea what it was until I came to uni. I, I, Bedford uh, University didn't have that futsal team set up in, in Carl's first, obviously our first year, um, I probably wouldn't even know what the sport was now. Um, so I think it's absolutely huge that that sort of pathway is there. And I think that's why what um, we've done as a club and linking up with UOB and having that sort of pathway from, uh, and just seeing some of the lads who come and train with us. Um, I think it, it's, it's huge, absolutely massive to have those sort of, those pathways there and, and just being able to play in that box competition and getting yourself used to a sport. It's funny, Liam, that you asked that question because it's pretty much word for word what I was going to ask in terms of using that that Bucks link up in sort of what we do. Now, obviously, for those listening who might not be aware, we do partner up with the University of Bedfordshire and we're quite quite proud of the fact that we can boast a lot of players who have come from the University of Bedfordshire um, and come to play for the Griffins. So obviously we've got Stammers who plays. We've got players like Jeremy who have played for us and recently sort of left because of where they live, but he came through into our team. Louis Pacelli, the same, played for us. You sort of talk about Luke Burton, who's come back into the fold. Um, so there's lots of opportunity for clubs to to do that. Do you think some clubs are missing a trick um, in not tapping more into their, their, their local university sides? Because I think a lot of our players have either come from our university or other universities around. I think one of the things we've really done is tapped into the players that, well, the reason we made the team, me and Jack started looking into making Bedford Futsal because we wanted to carry on playing. We didn't want to stop and there was nothing for us to do. Um, so sort of James, Liam, Jack, I don't really mind which one of you sort of speaks about this, but do you think that there is massive opportunity to attract players based on building from sort of universities and sort of extending the word pathway we keep talking about? Yeah, of course, of course. I think, um, you know, it's almost going back onto the, the 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 club and school link as well. I think uh, what clubs need to think about is obviously they're looking. Clubs are looking to gain players from these universities, but universities are going to want to use that link as well. So clubs got to think about what can they offer to those universities. Whether again, as I said, is it that CPD? Uh, other things as well so when when creating that links of course it's going to be you know it's great for for the clubs but what can clubs offer to the university because that's what the university is going to want to know i don't know carl what um uh, bedford as a club offers to the university of bedfordshire because i'm sure they they want something from the club so i don't know if what, what you can say on that yeah so part of our partnership um the, one of the biggest barriers to futsal clubs sort of around the country, any person involved will be able to agree with me, is the cost of the hall. So we've managed to sort of break a deal with the University of Bedfordshire about releasing the figures um, where we get a subsidised fee for the hall based on doing what we do for them in return. So the things that we do are we coach their ladies team and we coach their men's team. Now the ladies team sort of, we've combined the university team with our ladies team um, so that when they have a Bucks tournament, obviously only the players from the University of Bedfordshire can go and play. Um, and then on a Friday, we obviously coach the, 
the the men's team or their their university team um and obviously we look into sort of again we're looking to build on that partnership as years as years pass by it's obviously been halted with covid but the initial formation of the partnership was built upon the fact right we'll give you the hall for your training and your games if you can coach our men's and ladies teams now the ladies and men's sessions sort of are two hours two hours long each that's sort of four hours of coaching and in terms of using the hall for ourselves we were sort of looking for four hours a week in return um and then a couple of host days for our nfs events so i think like you say james clubs do need to sort of give something back and the way we've done it is through our coaching so i know i did the coaching for the men's and sort of a teamed up with sort of stammers at points liam at points jackie at points to deliver that coaching and i think as time goes on we're starting to to build those links and strengthen them and one of the things we're we're looking to go on to is sort of how can we do more youth stuff in sort of partnership with the university of bedfordshire because we've got two good facilities down at alexander sports center um and at the university of bedfordshire where futsal could could be run and organized so we're looking to build and sort of do more more for them and in return sort of getting getting stuff back really i think that partnership has been quite successful can I just jump in there um, as well and just just speak about the sense of just being someone that obviously went to Uni of Bedfordshire from from Norwich. Um, I wasn't going back every weekend, and and something that I know has been put on sort of while we were there as well is having that sort of opportunity to as a uni student to turn up and and watch games on a on a Sunday because everything was on campus. So another part of it was you could subsidise the the fees uh, of what we were using to get in. Um, and I know we've done this for our host days of having university students being able to, to access the games for free um, as something to give back to them. It, that pathway sort of grows and you want people seeing the sport and that links it back around to having more people then get involved within the, um, the, Bucks, the Bucks League, which eventually grows our team. So I think that sort of free entertainment as it is um, for that, that game and, I, and the amount of people that turn up once and then come back week after week after week because they know how good the sport is um, I think is a massive way of sort of growing it um, and I mean if I was at university and I had that opportunity again to come and watch that every Sunday I'd be there every week um, it's such a good sport to watch yeah I think it comes with that and and the, the beauty of having the partnerships with the universities obviously profits I've started doing it with the University of Hertfordshire um, where a lot of their players played for London Scholar before and obviously now they've created that pathway as well with with like James said CPD opportunities I think it also allows for those players that might sit through the cracks. Uh, it, it kind of stops that happening. So they could be having played at a, a good level of football, maybe, and maybe not made it into the university team for one reason or another. It gives them another outlet to try something new and something that actually might suit them better than football altogether. So it just it just provides um, all the talented individuals that we have in this country. There's plenty of them. Um, with It just maximises opportunity. And I think you sort of hit the nail on the head there and you've... Uh summarised our podcast in quite a nice way there sort of talking about um, how we can effectively finish the link and what sort of things we can do so sort of in this podcast we've spoken about a variety of different ways to, to grow futsal and sort of the reason we've done this this particular one is to try and again give people listening some sort of ideas into what they could do because I know again when me and Jack sort of started up and all four of us have been sort of talking about what we can do as a club and it's only by discussion and sort of collaborating together we've come up with these ideas and are going to start to put things in place, um, starting to look at what other clubs do. So sort of, I know right now at the moment, the reason we've done this podcast is because Pro Futsal have done something quite similar and we've put our own twist on it. Um, Bolton Futsal Club have done loads of stuff with the youth and it's sort of about taking ideas from people and listening to what they've got to say and seeing what we can do. So uh, thank you very much, Jack, for giving us your time today to talk about sort of growing futsal and sort of how you got into the game. 
no worries. And um, what we sort of would like people to do now, sort of our listeners, we ask you a massive favour of passing the pod. Um, so if you could sort of share this with people that you think might be interested in the futsal world, hasn't got to necessarily be in the futsal world. It could be people who just like sport. Um, I know people that sort of used to come watch our games, Jack, had no interest in any other sort of form of football or futsal, but they used to love coming to watch. So pass the pod, spread the word and sort of try and help us grow the game of futsal, work with us and sort of if there's anything you want us to talk about or think there's anything particularly interesting, uh, let us know. So thank you, Liam. Thank you, James. Thank you, Jack. No thank worries. You much. You've been listening to The Griffin's Nest, a podcast by Bedford Futsal Club.